today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. We can pray for them. We can love them. We can take them to the throne. Take them to Jesus. Take them and then step away and let God have His time with them. Let God have this time with them. And we just pray, Lord, please just be with them. I pray, God, that you would change their hearts. Lord, you are a mighty God. We pray, Jesus, your name is powerful. Your name can break every chain. Are we praying with authority? Are we praying for boldness? Are we praying for our brothers and sisters who are in sin? Are we praying for those in this world who don't know Jesus? If you've ever tried to sit down and just pray, you know how difficult it can be. And that's because it's the most effective tool we have. It's the most powerful weapon we have as Christians. The Bible tells us that through prayer, we can pull down strongholds. And Pastor Eric reminds us that we're in a war for people's souls to save them from the pits of hell. Let's join Pastor Eric in the book of Judges, chapter 10, verse 1, for today's study. He let them go into bondage. He let them go into difficulty. He let them go into pain and suffering. Now, parents, I can't relate to you here yet, but those of you who have adult children, okay? Adult children, like you... You work with them, you minister to them, but they keep messing up and screwing up. And and, and for instance, they they just, they do something, then they say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I did this, I will change. I will change, I promise I will change. You don't need to bail me out anymore, okay? I promise I'll change. Okay, son, daughter, it's fine. You know, we'll clean out the bedroom. You can stay here. You know, it's fine. We'll pay for your meals. It's only for a short time. It's fine. And then guess what? They go and do it again. They keep doing this. They keep doing wickedness. Now, they know what is right and wrong, correct? They know what's right and wrong. My nine-year-old son knows what's right and wrong. Okay? I would even go to the extent that my five-year-old knows. Even my one-and-a-half-year-old knows. Because he can say this, and he can say this, right? He can't say anything else, except for, uh. But children know what is right and wrong. They choose to do wrong. They get hurt. They experience what? Remorse. They're sorry. They're sorry. And as, you, as their parents, you're there for your children. You're there. You bail them out. You're there to pick them up out of, the, out of the ashes. You're there to dust them off because why? You love them so very much. Same thing with God. He loves the children of Israel so very much, and he's been there. And we've learned that he's been there through the study of Judges. And even in Joshua, all the way back to the beginning, God has been there for his people. Has he not? He's taken them over the Red Sea. He's taken them out of Egypt. He took them over the Jordan River. He, he took them into uh, to Jericho and defeated Jericho for them. If that's not love, I don't know what is. He cherishes these people. He loves them. He loves them so much. But here in Judges, especially the book of Judges, we see that the children of Israel keep going back and doing evil in the sight of the Lord. They keep going back. They keep falling. And as over the time, your child keeps messing up. They say they're sorry, but they're not. Because if they were sorry, there would be a change in the heart. Correct? 
I can say I'm sorry until I'm blue in the face. But if I don't change, am I really sorry? Well, I don't know. I don't think so. I often tell my kids, they say, sorry, Dad. Okay, are you sorry or are you sorry you got caught? Israel, are you sorry? Are you truly sorry? Or are you sorry that you got caught? Because in verse 10, you guys, check out what it says. It says, And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, saying, We have sinned against you, because we have both forsaken our God and served the Baals, the false gods, right? So Israel was well aware of doing wrong. They, were, they, were, they knew what they did was wrong. They said, We sinned against you. There is the, I'm sorry. We sinned against you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, the little boy who called, cried wolf. There's a wolf coming. <gasps> no, there's not. All right. There's a wolf coming. <gasps> no, there's not. You got to be honest with me, son. When a wolf's coming, I want to come and help you. Okay. There's a wolf coming. <gasps> there's no wolf. Now, you got to stop doing this because I want to sleep, right? God never sleeps, praise God. But get the point. Israel through the years have said to God, we're sorry, come bail us out, right? Come fix us, come help us. We messed up, please come, come God. Like they're like the, the boy who cried wolf. But there's a point in a parent's life when you say I'm done. You want this life, then go. You want to live this lifestyle, then go. And that's got to be the hardest phrase a parent could ever say because you know what's at the end of that result. Destruction, disaster, pain, suffering. And no parent wants to see their kids go through that. I pray that I never have to tell my children, if you want to live that lifestyle, then you're going to have to do it because I'm not going to support it anymore. I'm not going to continue. I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, bail you out because you are not willing to change. If there was any, even a, a glimpse of a heart that wants to change, I'd be there for you. But you have no remorse. You continue in your ways. So God does the same thing with Israel, you guys. Because check it out in verse 11. He says this. So the Lord said to the children of Israel, Did I not deliver you from the Egyptians? and from the Amorites, and from the people of Ammon, and from the Philistines, also the Sidonites and the Amalekites, and the Moanites oppressed you, and you cried out to me, and I delivered you from their hand. Yet you have forsaken me and serve other gods. Therefore I will deliver you no more. Go and cry out to the gods which you have chosen. Let them deliver you in your time of distress." That's a pretty intense conversation, isn't it? It's an intense conversation that we see God having with the children of Israel. He's like, if you want to go serve those false gods, then you go. You go. It's because here's the cool thing about God. And many of you might be thinking, well, if God's such a loving God, then why is he giving them a choice? Well, because God is a loving God, he does give them a choice. God is not there forcing himself down anybody's throat. He's not pushing them. He's not taking his Bible and browbeating anybody, right? 
No, that's not how our God works. God is a relational God, and He wants to have that personal relationship with you. He wants it to be genuine, honest, like this is for real. This isn't playing around. This isn't church games. This is a real relationship with Jesus Christ. He's real. It's not just a picture of Jesus in your Bible. Jesus is alive, and He's real. And He wants to have that relationship with us. And so He gives us this, this choice. God doesn't make us, to, make us serve Him. He wants us to serve Him, but He doesn't make us do anything. He could, couldn't He? He could. But would that really show that He wants relationship with us if He made us? No. It would show us that He wants to be a dictator and put His thumb on you and I. Guys, God doesn't roll that way. He doesn't roll where He, he pushes you to love Him. He doesn't push you to serve him he wants you to choose him he wants you to love him because he loves you so much he wants to give you the opportunity he has given you the opportunity he has given you the opportunity and the ability to choose him did you know that you have that opportunity did you know you have that ability to choose God yeah we have that choice. So in a result of having a choice, God lets us go see if the grass is greener on the other side. Ever wondered what the grass looked like if you lived in the world? Ever thought about it? Maybe you've already experienced it. Maybe you could tell me and you could tell others, hey, really, the grass is only green for maybe three feet and after that it's desert. It looks green. It looks wonderful. There's vegetation right there in the front. There's plenty of fruit trees. Oh, but you get beyond that first tree, and it's completely desert, and there's death. The grass is not always greener on the other side. And by God's grace, He allows you and I to see life outside of Him. It's by His grace alone. By His grace, He allows us to see what life would be like outside of Him. And the idea behind this of seeing that life, seeing that emptiness, it would hopefully bring us to repentance. Repentance of coming back to Jesus and saying, I don't want that life. I don't want it. I want life. I don't want death. Jesus said this, you guys. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus was very clear that He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. If you want to experience life, goodness, and happiness, and joy, it rests in Jesus. It doesn't rest in this world. It's very clear, right? If you want life, Jesus says, you can only have life through me. We go in the world, we go cross over, the, we, we, I was going to hop over this thing, but we're going to hop over that, that, that fence, right? We're going to hop over the fence of the world, and we're like, yeah, this is awesome, man. This is like Disneyland. Everything is here, right here. This is great. Ha, this back over here is just grass, green, you know? <laughs> and then you go through the trees, and then you start to become hungry because there's no food to eat. Then you start to thirst because you're in a desert, but Jesus said this in the Bible, you guys. He said this in John 6.35. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. 
And he who believes in me shall never thirst. You want to be filled? You want to be never thirsty? Where does it lie? With Jesus. With Jesus Christ. Sometimes experiencing death makes you love life. Think about that. Experiencing death, experiencing the things of this world, eventually it's going to make you want to love life unless your heart's hard and, and don't want to go that way. Are you dead in sin? Are you dead in sin tonight? Because if you are, there's hope. There's hope in Jesus Christ. Jesus is right there by that gate saying, come in this way. I love you. Come. Hey, come. My grace is sufficient. Come. Come on. Come back home. And Jesus is there. He's looking. He's out there searching for us. But are we willing to be found? Guys, we can have life. Israel could have life. The choice is ours. A loving God gives us a choice. What do we do with that choice? Well, as they were crying out to God, and God says, I'm done. I'm no longer going to deliver you. Go cry out to those gods that you have chosen. Let them deliver you in the time of distress. Go to them. Let them take care of you. God's heart had been hurting as his children were being disobedient, not falling and living for him and serving him. But you know what they said in verse 15? They said, and the children of Israel said to the Lord, we have sinned. Again, they said it again. We have sinned. Do to us whatever seems best to you. Only deliver us this day, we pray. So they put away the foreign gods from among them and served the Lord. And his soul could no longer endure the misery of Israel. So what, is, what takes place in this conversation, you know? God just got done just saying, I'm done. Just go. I'm tired of, I'm tired of this pain of you just turning your back on me. Just go. Go serve these other gods. And Israel's saying, I've sinned. I've sinned. Please, just forgive me. You know, just give me that one more time. Lord, just we pray. Do whatever you want to us, God. We just ask that you would deliver us in this day. We pray that you would deliver us now. And it's like the children of Israel had this brilliant idea. You know what? God's not listening to our first plea, is he? He said, Go. And so maybe they, they, well, they did come up with this brilliant idea saying, you know what? We need to get rid of these gods, man. We got to get rid of these idols. We got to clean up our hearts because God is not listening to us. He knows that we're not real. He knows that we still have them in our houses. He knows that. He sees everything, you guys. You can say you're sorry all day long, but you have all your sin stuck in your closet. You know, it's like when somebody's coming over to your house to visit, what do you do? Oh my goodness, I got to clean the house, right? Let's, let's start putting things in the closet. You know, you're like pushing the door shut because you want to have a clean house. But the reality is, is that you still have all that garbage in that closet. True? 
And then when they go, the people go, you're like, (laughs) all over the floor. All right, this is more comfortable for us. I would call that my security system, right? Garbage on the floor. No one can break in because it'll trip. And then I'll hear them, you know? The point is, you guys, Israel was trying to push everything in the closet. We're sin. We sinned. Come on, help us. We're in bondage. And God said, I'm calling your bluff. No. I'm calling your bluff. You still have sin. You're not truly following me. And then it was like this. Oh, man. We've got to change. We've got to change. We've got to get... We, hey, load it up. We've got to take it to Goodwill. <laughs> We got to take it to the dump. We don't want to take it to goodwill because then somebody else will get it. We don't want anybody else getting our sin. (laughs) Get rid of it. Burn it. Get rid of it. And then what does God say, you guys? Well, he doesn't say anything, but he saw. Verse 16. So they put away the foreign gods from among them and served the Lord. Yeah. And his soul could, his soul could not, uh, could no longer endure the misery of Israel. Because why? Why couldn't God take it anymore? Because he loves them so much. He loves them so much, man. It's like a parent being mad at their child. And you're like, yeah, I'm mad at you, you know? Oh, but you're so cute, man. I love you. Come, come on, you know? All right. God was there for Israel. And God is there for you. The thing is, you need to get rid of the sin. We need to have a cleanup day, in a sense. And the cleanup day starts tonight, where you just hand up the, the sin and just say, you know what? You're the one who died for this. I'm giving it to you. Because didn't Jesus die for it? He paid the price for it. So it's his. He took, he took it, so you didn't have to pay the penalty. God took the sin for you and I, but we have a choice to either give it to him, to take it out and walk it to the dumpster, or keep putting the trash in your garage and letting the flies just keep flying around it. Pretty soon, you guys, it's nasty, right? What started with one bag of trash is now three bags of trash, then four, then five, then six, Pretty soon you're like, what do I do? But the cool thing about Jesus Christ is that he'll come in and no matter how many bags of garbage you have in your life, he'll take them all out. Praise him, right? Worthy of his praise, you guys. God reminds them, (laughs) you know, in a sense he reminds them that he loves them because his soul had so much compassion on them that he couldn't endure their misery any longer. Verses 17 through 18, it says, Then the people of Ammon gathered together and encamped in Gilead, and the children of Israel assembled together and encamped in Mizpah. And the people, the leaders of Gilead, said to one another, Who is, this, who is the man who will begin to fight against the people of Ammon? And he shall be the head over the inhabitants of Gilead. I just want to tell you this. It's never too late for you to turn. It's only too late when you're not breathing. Okay? As it says in Zechariah 1.3, the Lord said this to the children of Israel, Therefore say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you. 
says the Lord of hosts. It's not too late. It's not too late. You can be forgiven. You can be forgiven. You can turn to Jesus. You can have forgiveness and you can have life. And understanding, you guys, that Israel sinned, and their sin was a long time. It says that they were doing it for 18 years. 18 years. <laughs> but God was gracious with them, and he allowed them to go through those difficult times. But when they changed, when they, when they purged, they got rid of all that stuff, he was right there for them, wasn't he? He was right there for them. No matter how long it's been, no how, how long it could be, if we just get rid of it and we come to him, he will take it away and he will forgive us. That is so awesome about our Lord. And you know what the crazy thing is, is that you and I, maybe we're not going through sin. Maybe we're, we're following the Lord. But do we have the compassion for others who are in sin? Do you have the compassion for others who are in sin? Not saying that you agree with the sin. You know, not saying that you condone their sin. But do you love them? Do you have the heart to, to take them to the throne of grace? Remember, I said that we can't change them. I get that. But you know what we can do? We can pray for them. We can love them. We can take them to the throne. Take them to Jesus. Take them and then step away and let God have his time with them. Let God have this time with them. And we just pray, Lord, please just be with them. I pray, God, that you would change their hearts. Lord, you are a mighty God. We pray, Jesus, your name is powerful. Your name can break every chain. Are we praying with authority? Are we praying for boldness? Are we praying for our brothers and sisters who are in sin? Are we praying for those in this world who don't know Jesus? Do we have a heart for them to see Jesus and to come to know him as you and I know him, as Lord and Savior? Because if not, church, our priorities are not right. Our priorities are mixed up. We are here for one reason alone, and that is to glorify the name of Jesus Christ and to point other people to him and to serve one another, to love one another, love God and love others. That is why we're here. Are we doing it? If we're not doing it, then we need to get doing it. Lord, forgive us for not doing that because we need to be back at it. We need to be there encouraging. I don't need anybody to kick me when I'm sinning. I don't need them to kick me in the teeth. I need them to lift me up and point me to Jesus Christ. So <laughs> let's have compassion. Jesus Christ is compassionate. Why aren't we? Oh, because they made me mad. Whatever. Get over it. It's not about you. It's about Jesus Christ. <laughs> Guys, we serve a God that is forgiving. We serve a God that is loving. He is compassionate. He is forgiving. And his grace is so wonderful. Amazing grace, right? Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wrench like me. There's a lot of people that need to experience that grace. You've been listening to Grace to the Hearers, the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge in Coolidge, Arizona. CD copies of today's study are available when you email us at info at grace to the That's info at grace to the 
Today's message, as originally presented at Calvary Chapel Coolidge, can be downloaded from our website at gracetothehearers.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place your order, you can always call us at 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number is 520-723-7047. We are so blessed by the technology that we have these days. Most of us have numerous versions of the Bible. Now with mobile technology, we have the Bible right on our phones and tablets. Grace to the Hearers is available in podcast format. Simply log on to gracetothehearers.com and follow the links to subscribe to the Grace to the Hearers podcast or simply search for Grace to the Hearers in the iTunes store. Again, our web address is www.gracetothehearers.com. Finally, we'd like to ask that you prayerfully consider helping us continue to expand the radio ministry of Grace to the Hearers. You can do so by securely donating a gift of any amount at gracetothehearers.com. Just click on the donate button. Now please place a marker in your Bibles and make plans to join us again. Pastor Eric will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of Judges right here on Grace to the Hearers. <laughs> 